everyone and welcome to this week's episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Kira and I'm Em and I never know what to say after we say our names but <laughs> let's just <laughs> jump into the name. The part constant of the debate. I wonder how many Literally. times we've had like little recordings before we, you know, before we fit pick the final yeah. one of us just doing that and then being like, oh shit, don't know what to say next. <laughs> don't know what to say. It's just like the void of the episode. I'm just like, I need a bridge to take us into the next section. But this is the bridge this week is the fact that I have no idea what I'm doing. So <laughs> let's jump into the weekly roundup. How has your week been? It has been good. I feel like the main thing I want to talk to you about is last night my housemate made us the TikTok feta pasta. I know you're oh, vegan so you can't eat it. But no, but it looks so good though. It's amazing it and so it was good. so easy but honestly I think it was one of the nicest meals I've had in a week. <laughs> like it is a really smart idea. I have seen a couple of people do a vegan version with the um, Vio Life I think has oh, a yeah. vegan Greek style cheese. I haven't tried it myself because I feel like it'd be excessive to do it just for me, but I am tempted. No, because then you can just like reheat it. Day oh after my day. god, you're so clever. I saw someone I'm just do not it with smart um, like that. <laughs> with bor- is it called borsin? Borsin, the yeah, yeah, the like garlic and herb one. Yeah, yeah, mm. that would be nice. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So TikTok, <laughs> TikTok doesn't influence my life as much as it influences yours in that I don't have it and I don't really watch them. However. I, the, the existence of TikTok is justified by that one meal I had. By one meal. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm so glad. Really glad. Because I obviously haven't had it, but now I feel like I'm living vicariously through you. So that's fun. Yeah. And we're filming. We're filming? I think we're <laughs> filming. We're recording this on um, my lunch break on Monday. Mixing it up. Mm. Not a Sunday morning one. And so Throwing it's making me really hungry there, yeah. just thinking about it. Like, oh, amazing. So oh, anyway, amazing. that was the highlight of my week. I've also jumped <laughs> straight back in to my re well rewatch, not rewatch. I'm watching it from the beginning of Made in Chelsea, you know how we talked about that. Uh, now on season we love seven, it. We I'm love at to the see it. Um, Alex Binky <gasps> wow. drama. Oh uh, I know. I actually Paul cried Binky. real tears. I mean it is really sad, but then it also is easier to rewatch it because I watched that when it was actually happening and oh I just gosh. felt so bad for Binky because she just seems like such a nice person. Whereas now she's obviously got a yeah, child she's pregnant life. with for her second child and I just feel like you know it all worked out okay for her in the end even though yeah. Alex was obviously a piece of crap but we'll uh you know yeah and speaking of pieces day. of crap I just spend my entire time <laughs> watching Made in Chelsea just like sighing with like disgust at Spencer like the way he treats oh, the women in these seasons I cannot deal awful. with it um so it's like, like Louise and stuff it's just bad it's bad I know it's like it's like every it's like Louise and then Lucy which I'm totally now on board with your Lucy Watson Woo-hoo! fan club. She's um, so cool. <laughs> when when she first came into it, like I wasn't sure what to make of her, but now she's iconic. I like that she, she just has says like whatever the, she thinks. She's got the energy that I think I want to emulate, which is just like that she's so confident and so self-assured that she's not gonna like mould herself just to fit in with a particular group of people. And I just love that. Yeah, so, she's, she's just cool. she just does it. She just does what she wants to do. I I really respect her. So made in Chelsea <laughs> mm-hmm. TikTok pasta. Um, then a really exciting delivery just came, and you're lucky because you're gonna get to see this. Did you see my Instagram story with the um, headband? I saw. Oh my god, yes. It's yes. so beautiful. Look, so I've, beautiful. I brought it to the to the desk to show you again. <laughs> so I've been really into like Instagram shops and like cute little artists and sellers on Instagram. I really yeah. like at Radish and Pear, which is a cool shop name, to, for That's earrings. Really and then this was a headband from Tails and Textiles, which 
I just love like knowing that someone has put so much effort and it's like their pride and joy, like their little shop on Instagram. I love that. So I do. I'm having yeah, parcel after so parcel because retail therapy cures lockdown. <laughs> and also it came from Germany, the headband, <laughs> and she sent a tea bag oh. for it. And I thought since you have a <gasps> oh. segment on your YouTube channel for tea tasting, this one is... Here's che- the tea. <laughs> Here's the tea. This one's cherry and marzipan. And it's Marzipan like a German tea. Yeah, it's like <gasps> a German tea. And I'm really, I actually like took one sip of this and then went onto Amazon to see if we can buy it in the UK. But it says <laughs> currently unavailable, so I'm sad about that. It's literally maybe just like smell. contact the headband seller and ask her if she can send you some. some money, <laughs> I did, I did consider that for like a second. I was like, I know you sold me the headband, but please can you send me the tea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. I've never heard of a marzipan tea before, no, but me I either. love almondy flavors so that sounds really i really love nice. a cherry bakewell so it tastes oh, exactly like yeah. that um Amazing. i just feel like a good tea is the working from home essential so very happy it's a life essential for me tea. well yeah i'm not as much <laughs> of a tea obsessive as you are but i did think you'd like me bringing this to the roundup i wish i you could did taste actually it. i, I appreciate it. it i do because i love a cherry bakewell as well and it just sounds incredible but again i'll just have to live vicariously through you um, yeah. and i'm just drinking <laughs> Drinking an Earl Grey, which is just as nice, I hope. Oh, Earl Grey, <laughs> I... and no offence to, like, dish your tea, but it's just not my bag. Tea bag. Ah, uh, it's just not my tea bag. <laughs> my housemates, if they listen to that, would absolutely cringe at the fact that I just said that. I'm kind of becoming known for, like, my bad puns, which makes me feel like I'm I love off it. Shit's Creek, which I enjoy, because he is... Oh, I... You I always forget you haven't watched it. Um, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sure someone listening will have watched it, but I, yeah. I like your puns. That made me laugh, so, you know... Oh, well, you are welcome. And to finish off my roundup, I'm going to tell you a little funny anecdote. So, (laughs) so, um, on Saturday night, was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday night, um, the, we ordered, my housemates ordered a Chinese and the day before a different housemate had ordered a Chinese and the week before (laughs) me and a housemate had ordered a Chinese. And it's always been the same one because I feel like Chinese takeaways, once you've found one that you like, you stick with it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, the guy, guy came to the door on Saturday and said to my housemate, I visit this house more than I visit my own. (laughs) Brutal. That's how you know you're in lockdown. Takeaways are the only way to feel something. Takeaways and buying things off Instagram. Question, what do you get from the Chinese? Answer, (laughs) I get uh, Cantonese crispy chicken and salt and pepper chips. Because I used to be, I mean, I'm literally like the least adventurous person ever. I used to be a lot fussier when I was younger and now I wouldn't probably really order a Chinese just because I don't really know what's vegan and what's not. But mm. when I was younger, I was the person that would just get chips and gravy and that was it. So From the Chinese? Yeah. Oh, see, I feel like I have a lot of respect for you, like in general, but it's just gone right, it's plummeted. <laughs> My sister is vegetarian, obviously she's not vegan, um, but she always gets salt and pepper chips and then seaweed, but without the fish bits on top. That's her oh. That's her way of dodging the, the meat heavy and fish heavy. Mm. So I'm sure they do have a lot of uh, vegetarian options, but I just don't really know. And then Jay is literally the fussiest eater you'll ever meet. So... <laughs> We always just get pizza if we're getting a takeaway because it's simple and we know that he'll eat it. So. To be fair. And, and you guys do pizza well. Like, you've converted me from Domino's to Papa John's and my life is, like, infinitely better because of that. I feel like that's going to be controversial. It is, and Jay is Team Domino's, I have to point that out. But oh, is I'm it? Team Papa, Papa John's, John's because they've got a vast range of vegan options and they came out with their vegan range earlier than Domino's did and so I feel like I just respect them for that because 
And they, they also have celiac us. and vegan. They have gluten-free and oh, vegan, really whereas cool. Domino's took away their gluten-free in a lot of stores <gasps> to, and then put the vegan one in. And my housemate's Whoa. gluten-free, so it's good. Yeah, and also it's, cheese it's and normal scrolls. Yeah. I'll just, uh, mm. Can we just spend the whole episode talking about food? Because yeah. I'm never... <laughs> Did you see <laughs> the... Speaking um, of... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I ruined your flow there. That was going to be a good segue. I could tell. It's fine. Oh, my work computer's going off. I um, was just going to say, <laughs> did you see the cheese and Marmite hot cross buns in M&S? I did, and I was really upset yeah. because I would. Lo- I love Marmite. Love it so love much. It. And it does make me sad that it's obviously with cheese and not vegan cheese because yeah. I do love a cheese and Marmite combination when I make it myself, vegan cheese, and I'm kind of considering maybe trying to do my own. Yeah, do home. it. I tasted one and they were really... I mean, not going to rub it in too much. Like, it wasn't anything, like, out of the... Did you just hear my wrist click? <laughs> that you was that? your wrist? That was my wrist. Oh, my God. Ow. <laughs> um, they're, they're not, like, out of this world, but they are nice. But I feel like because we're talking about food, you can still have your food segue. So speaking of food, <laughs> um, so organic. one thing that was the best part of my week, at least, which I kind of can't believe was this week, because this week seems to have been filled with so much stuff, was Pancake Day. Pancake Day was actually was this, that week. this week. That Holy was this moly. week. It was Tuesday just gone. Yeah. So it was Pancake Day. And I know we've got a little bit of controversy between our pancake preferences as well, because... Mm. And also, apparently, I, in how we say controversy... <laughs> <laughs> controversy that's so weird <laughs> wow there's so much going on in this episode already but i am team thick fluffy pancakes oh, and no. you i'm crepe all the crepe. way see in yeah. general i prefer an american pancake but on pancake day it has to be crepes sorry see i'm consistent i always prefer american <laughs> pancakes um, <laughs> so i thought that was interesting and i also would love to know what is your favorite pancake topping Okay, so Nutella and banana, nut nana, mm-hmm. <laughs> love that vibe. Nut nana, uh, that's what they call it in Brew and Brownie in York, and so it's stuck now. It's um, nut nana, and then but I do like a classic golden syrup. They're my two faves. Okay, see on pancake day, I will always <laughs> chuck in a sugar and lemon, which isn't oh, something God. that I would do normally, but I do like it on pancake day. But my favorite in general is berries and maple syrup it's just an unbeatable combination i love it so that made me really really happy um and you know love pancake day love pancakes so pancake day is always a big highlight of my life and then not to surprise you or anything not to like cause any major shocks but this week i actually started running again whoa respect that (laughs) yeah me too i respect myself now that i'm doing it because i'm like this is hard um <laughs> i ha- have never been a good runner i would like at the we had the, the wood run at school which was just like a mile or mile and a half long run that we had to do at the start of every term um and i would try and avoid that at all costs i hated it so much and i just am not a natural runner but i'm getting <laughs> back into it um, how far are you running hard. Um, so today's run that I did this morning was 3.3 kilometres. I mean, that means, um, I don't know why I asked because I, I don't know anything about distance really because I'm not a runner, but it sounds impressive. <laughs> I was running for about 20 minutes this morning. Um, I'm working up to my 5k and then hopefully eventually 10k again. I've done it before, so I know I can do it, but it's not, not immediately because it's hard. But, um, so that has been one part of pancakes and running. And then finally, I had a bit of a devastating day yesterday. Um, 
I don't mean to be dramatic. Yeah. But you haven't texted me about this. It can't be that devastating. <laughs> I, I do like to save some things for the podcast. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> but no, this one actually only came out came out of into my realization yesterday evening. So Jay likes to throw things at me, not in an aggressive way, but just like <laughs> socks and stuff like that. So yesterday he was changing into like pajamas and he threw his t-shirt with force at me aiming for my face but next to me was a like a bed, like a bedside table thing with a few things on it missed my face and then knocked a mug a glass and like a plate thing into the wall and I was like oh my god what were you doing and he said oh, I'm sorry I just wanted to hit your face and I was like okay <laughs> great um and i thought that there was no casualties but then yesterday evening when i was making a cup of tea to go and watch the great pottery throwdown with i noticed a big crack in my central perk friends mug that's like your favorite mug that's it that's that's in all of the vlogs that's like the mug of my life i love that mug so much and it's huge and it's the only mug that satisfies my tea drinking habits and it's not broken completely. It still works and functions, but it's just damaged and I was upset. That's really sad. I think... Yeah. I, I'm so sentimental about mugs. We were actually laughing about this this weekend in my house because we have like a communal mug cupboard and then I have like a few of my favourites that are in my cupboard and it's like a running joke that if anyone picks up my New York Strand bookstore mug, they have to be so <laughs> careful because like Literally. if that got cracked, I'd lose the plot. My mugs live in our bedroom because I don't like to leave them for anyone to use their mine and I want to be able to use them knowing that they're going to be safe and then that <laughs> safety was shattered and it was just so sad and like you say it's just the sentimentality the mug is fine but I now feel I have to retire it from use because I can't risk it getting any further damage so. <laughs> do you ever listen to us like talking on this podcast and think we need to get a life <laughs> <laughs> It's lockdown. What are we going to do? Literally, like, my mugs are all I have at the moment. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But that's been my week. On the whole, quite positive. Um, Just a tiny little dash to my happiness yesterday. Tiny little crack in the happiness. (laughs) All the funds are coming out today. (laughs) But I I think that brings this weekly wrap-up to an end. So let's jump into the next section. Okay, so for today's main theme of the podcast episode, we actually, I know we usually take turns in picking the theme, but we actually came up with one together, which I think is really wholesome. How cute. Yeah, how cute are we? (laughs) So do you want to explain it? Okay, so the theme of this week's episode is letters to our past or like younger selves, not past selves as in like we've had past lives, (laughs) just selves that we were before when we were younger. If you think, if you were going to have a past life, what do you think you would have been in your past life? Oh my God, that's really complicated because I like see different parts of history and I'm like they're kind of interesting but I don't think I'd want to live in any time that wasn't this time because it was harder back then so I'm quite enjoying the like you know novelty of modern life so do you know what's funny I intended that question like that just shows how different we are maybe I intended it as I was going to be like well I was definitely a cat (laughs) okay (laughs) anyway past lives 
Okay, so past lives um, and younger selves, essentially, kind of like what we would say to our younger selves if we could like have a conversation with them. And we were trying to figure out like what was good ages to do. And instead of picking specific ages, we decided to kind of go for ranges looking throughout our educational history. So (laughs) we're looking at um, our primary school selves, high school selves, and then university selves. So just to give some age context in case you are not from the UK, but primary school is from age four to 11, high school is 11 to 18, and then uni is 18 to 21. So there's the premise. Do you want to <laughs> kick it off Yeah, okay, with so your first one? I feel like it's hard to pick ages and it was hard to pick categories. High school's definitely, I think, the, the toughest one because you changed so much throughout high school, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, but we A just lot. thought we'd, you know, we had to narrow it down in some way. So kicking it off with primary school, I feel like I'm going to aim more for the age 8 to 11 mark rather than, like, the four years mm-hmm. old mark. If I was going to say something <laughs> to my four-year-old self, I'd probably... Because my dad used to, like, push me around the garden in a wheelbarrow. Sounds oh really simple, sounds but fun. it was amazing. I'd probably say make the most of those wheelbarrow rides because you're not going to fit in that wheelbarrow for much longer. Um, but speaking to my like older primary school age self, this is probably quite a deep thing to say to an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old, but I was such a worrier when I was a child. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a thing throughout my life, but I, I was such a worrier. I worried about everything. Yeah. Health, family, school, like everything. Like mm-hmm. to the point where my mum had to have like a worry bear and every night we'd talk oh. to the worry bear like... Um, that was so, so cute. Yeah, I, I just feel like I would say to myself, just don't worry about the things you can't control. But <laughs> imagine getting told that by your older yeah, self when, when, you, when you were nine. You'd be like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. So I would want... It's like it, yeah. the simplest, but like one of the hardest concepts to grasp even as an adult, I think, to not worry about what you can't control because that is... When you have a like worry oriented mind I think it is the the hardest thing to get the control over so exactly and I don't I don't know if it would have sunk in at the age of nine but definitely just (laughs) something about worry my I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before my colleague at work always says um it's not the end of the world till it's the end of the world but again don't think I'd say that to my nine-year-old self because she'd be like what the end of the world is a thing (laughs) (laughs) oh my god your poor nine-year-old self I know traumatized this started off well some sound advice really well (laughs) yeah I mean, looking at my four-year-old self, if I was going to give any advice or just have a chat with my four-year-old self, I'd be like, stick with it. Because actually, I think four-year-old me and 23-year-old me, not that different. Um, (laughs) There was one thing which was, when I was four, I wanted to build my forever home in the driveway of my mum's house. And I wanted to have... 10 children, all of which were going to be girls. I was very specific. And um, I'm not so not so specific about that anymore. And I also don't think that I will be having 10 children um, because that's a bit much, um, in my humble opinion. But at four years old, when I would be asked, you know, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd be like, on Monday, I'm going to be a singer. On Tuesday, I'm going to have a cafe. Um, on Wednesday, I'm going to be a vet. Thursday, I'm a nurse. And although I'm not actually any of those specific things, as an adult, I am very much, well, I mean, this podcast is literally called We're Spinning Plates, and I love Mm. to do loads of different things. And I will not be chained down to just one occupation for the rest of my life. I love to have my finger in loads of different pots and just like try out loads of different things. Is it not pie? (laughs) Is it not finger in loads of different (laughs) pie? When I was saying it, I was like, I know this is gonna not be right because I always get phrases wrong. But my fingers are just imagine you on your pottery showdown or whatever it is you watch like with all your fingers in the pot. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) 
Um, but either way, I like to do loads of different things. So I feel like four-year-old self, I'd be like, don't let anyone tell you that you have to pick one thing because that's not true. Um, and then again, I do feel like later primary school age was a theme of I'm like definitely a people pleaser. Mm. I changed schools a few times when I was in primary school. The first one was because um, I was at a school until I was about seven years old and then my brother had just started that school a couple of years before and he was diagnosed with ADHD and the school we were at really wasn't very good at dealing with him and they were just kind of like stamping on his vibes and they just weren't very nice so my mum found a nicer school for us to go to that were much more like nurturing and helpful so we moved schools then and then we moved house in year six so in year six I moved um across Leeds into a different place and we moved primary schools again so so much I know I never moved once in high school I just stuck with one place but just circumstantially in primary school I moved around a lot and I think by the time I moved in year six obviously I was moving to a school where people had known each other for you know their whole primary school lives and I was new and I think I very much fell into the category of like being who I thought people wanted me to be to like try and fit in um and I went through like loads of different friendship groups just in that one year because I was like constantly kind of like changing myself just to try and fit in and I wasn't being myself and so I would just say don't bother just be yourself and find nice oh, friends I love that. and I knew know, this episode would be wholesome <laughs> so that's primary school times. yeah so moving on to high school which as I say I feel like is kind of the period when maybe you change the most although if you take any seven five year period if you count in six form mm. as well I think you change so much over those amount of years but I think I would say to myself because I was the girl that actually was like reading a book in the hallway at break time and like I wanted Aww. to I think I started I started a booktube channel when I was in high school like towards the end I think it was like mm-hmm. year 11 and then someone from school found it and I deleted it um and I didn't pick it back up until obviously university Aww. So I think I would tell myself that the things that feel uncool and that make you feel and that other people tell you aren't cool are actually mm-hmm. the coolest. Like, it's cool if you Aww. say it's cool. So do what you want to exactly. do. Like, have fun with it because if it makes them happy, don't stomp on it. Like, if it makes you happy, exactly. do it. Don't care what anyone else thinks, which is harder, easier, not harder, easier said than done. But I think mm-hmm. I think I would have had so a much more enjoyable set of teenage years if I just embraced mm-hmm. the things that I love to do instead of trying to fit into the mold which I think is kind of links to what you were just saying like yeah exactly I feel like in school it's so easy to I think you are so trapped in like a very specific environment you see the same people every day and it's easy to view that environment as like the whole world um especially when you're younger and you've not really had any experience outside of that educational environment yeah. but I think as you get older, it becomes so much clearer that that is just like such a tiny speck of life. I literally have no friends from my school days and I'm totally fine with that because like you are very, you know, just through circumstance entirely placed with a group of people and you view those people as like your entire world because they're the people you see every day. But actually, I don't really feel like I vibed with many people Mm on like a a level that I sort of value in the friends that I have now, aka you. Um, But (laughs) um, I still have Jay from high school, so that's fun. But um, like, I just feel like it's very easy to view that entire world as like so important, but actually just even, you know, less than 10 years later after leaving high school, it's so unimportant and has literally no impact on my day-to-day life. So it's like, it's really hard to convey that to your younger self when you're in that experience but I do think it is 
it's an it important so life lesson. Less, yeah. yeah. I think I like light. I think life begins when you kind of shed yourself of that trying to live up to people's expectations like trying to live mm-hmm. for other people like you said people pleasing life begins when yeah. you don't care what people think which is easier said than done but it's what I would give the advice I would give mm-hmm. what about you oh see high school was a mixed time for me um like on the whole I didn't have a bad high school experience like it was absolutely fine it was just school nothing crazy happened but in terms of mental health there were a few years in high school that were like really 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 not that great um Mm. because I was you know dealing with quite a few eating issues and then I found that those issues then impacted on my mood and anxiety and all kinds of other things and my obsession with food for want of a better word was just like all consuming and it was all I thought about I definitely lost friends over it I ruined family holidays I probably damaged my health somewhat and and it was just not a great time And I do feel like I'd obviously try and convey to myself how, you know, nothing even changed as a result of that. Like, you know, that food issue is a manifestation of a bigger issue and a lack of self-esteem and an issue that I had within myself. So it would be, you know, waste less time doing all of those damaging things that you're doing with food and try and actually fix the issue. But equally, it is something that took me quite a while to deal with. And I do feel like, you know it's an experience that I think has altered my perception and has made me maybe more empathetic and has yeah. given me an understanding of a different type of issue. So, do you know, would I change it? I don't really know because that just is what it is and I can't change it. But I definitely feel like if I had the opportunity, I would try and convey to myself how pointless it all is. But yeah. Hmm. I like that one. Okay, so finally, advice for our university selves. I thought there was quite a lot of things that I could go back because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like it's easier to think what you would go back and tell your like most recent versions of yourself. Because like for example, yeah. with primary school, I was like, what would she understand? Because <laughs> she's about five. But with university, I feel like you learn so much coming out of university, mm-hmm. and I think I would go back and I would tell myself that it is okay to be on your own, whether that be. Um, time on your own in your room uh, because Mm -hmm. now I think something that I value the most is my ability to be on my own and to spend time with myself and I definitely did not have that throughout university so whether it is just time on your own um, instead of being around loads of people all the time um, or when it comes to relationships because I think that the way society kind of what it tells us through media and just conversations and books and tv is that and we've talked about it before romance is the be all and end all and whilst it is really important to build those relationships if you are that way inclined and want to do that I think it's Mm -hmm. when you're 18 you don't have to be in a relationship all the time and I think if I had go if I could go back and tell myself anything it would be that and that my most valuable lesson that I will learn in the coming years is my ability to be on my own spend time with myself to love being single um and Mm -hmm. to kind of consequentially good word slotted in there consequentially (laughs) be more prepped and ready for a a relationship or anything like that if it comes Mm -hmm. um yeah I think that is definitely my biggest lesson I love that because I really feel like in general this sounds so cheesy but I feel like the most important relationship that you have in your life is yourself like so learning how to be by yourself and like who you are what your life preferences are like what you want to do with your time all that kind of stuff and having that down is really important because then you're never looking to a relationship as something to like fill a gap um for want of a better word so it's like you know I feel (laughs) 
I'm sorry. That's what, like a moment to process. Um, <laughs> We're keeping but, that in. <laughs> um, <laughs> but regardless, you know, literal or metaphorical gap. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's like when you have that self-confidence and that great relationship with yourself, then any relationship that you have, whether that's a friendship or a romantic relationship, it is there just to like enhance your add to yeah enhance that's the word I was looking for which I think is great so I think that is a really good lesson and I think some people take years and years and years to learn that lesson so to be able to learn that you know having only been graduated for like a couple of years I think is quite a good achievement so thank you congratulations (laughs) (laughs) um the lesson that first came to mind when I thought about my university self was don't do an English degree um (laughs) (laughs) a little bit silly I feel like I was deep enough in my high school self so I was just kind of being a bit more light-hearted with this one but I do genuinely think that I was good at English and I enjoyed books and therefore I thought an English degree was a good option but actually I did not really enjoy my degree um it was fine but it didn't give me any kind of like didn't you know fire any passion or anything like that like I wasn't like obsessed with it and now seeing some booktubers who also do English degrees love what they're doing and want to read so much stuff and like read all the criticism and all that kind of stuff I'm like that was not me I didn't enjoy it that much um and I think I would probably have enjoyed another subject more um and like now as an adult I'm like looking into other options for like studying and progressing in different areas and I think it would have been a lot easier if I'd just made that decision when I was 18 but equally it's good to have had the experience and now I know and I can use that too tailor what I want to do going forward but if I had the option to go back and do it again I would choose a different degree I like that one and I think like it is so hard to pick a degree and also I, yeah. I think if another thing I would go back and say is just to make the most of the learning because that's something I really miss now yeah um and I think that you're unable maybe to appreciate the learning to the fullest because you're on this kind of if you do straight from sixth form or college into university there's no mm-hmm. break in education so you don't yeah. know what it's like to not be learning and I think that's why I've like gravitated so much to non-fiction these days because I just yeah. love learning new things and I wish I could go back and say to myself because I actually really am glad I picked geography I mean it it definitely didn't lead to (laughs) any certain career but it was such an interesting degree and I wish I'd have appreciated the things that I learned more yeah um but yeah Mm -hmm. I loved that conversation I think it's really interesting a lot of fun like it's a good insight into people's brains and what they've learned from life I know I feel like now we're like at our quarter life point and imagine like looking back when we're like 50 and thinking like what we'd say to our like 20 year old self and like 30 and 40 and it'd be like crazy to think how much more life you'll have experienced then and how your perceptions will inevitably have changed but it is really fun to see how you evolve and like the person I am now is so different to like the person that I was when I was 16 and it's kind of crazy to think how, how much you evolve you without really realizing it absolutely and I think it, it ties into your rant review <laughs> of uh, Glennon Doyle uh, Glennon Doyle's book last week because I think you never know everything and there's something no. so exciting about that like I know that I'll probably listen back to this episode in a few years and think <laughs> she thought she <laughs> knew about life <laughs> <laughs> I love it but you know about life now and that's what's important so you know we love it (laughs) we love a bit of growth love that for you amazing well I hope you've enjoyed hearing our letters to ourselves and if you have any thoughts that you'd like to share or anything that you would like 
say to your past self, then definitely drop us a message on our Instagram, We're Spinning Plates, because we would love to hear your stories and thoughts as well. All right, and then moving into the agony ant section, which we both love every time. So it's <laughs> always, that it's always a good time. time. <laughs> I know. Just in case you didn't know, we like this section. Um, but um, do you want to kick it off with our first agony ant question, please? Yeah, I'm really excited about this week's questions that we've picked because I think they do link in together. Um, and Did I really you? like that we have started this Google form because I really like the detail we're getting in the questions. So mm-hmm. as always, it's great. if you didn't know, we have a Google form for our Agony Ant column. It is linked on our Instagram bio at We're Spinning Plates. Um, and you can submit one anonymously. So I think that's a bit, maybe a better way of doing it's it. Great. I think people yeah. feel like they can ask a more detailed question with more mm-hmm. information in that question. So the first Absolutely. one that we had was quite a large question about the pressures that you feel as a 20-something maybe when you finish university and people start, you know, getting careers, um, moving in with partners, moving out. And so Mm -hmm. we're focusing in on one point that we feel like we haven't really talked about before in the podcast. And how do you deal with the pressure that other people and society puts on you to move out of your parents' house? Because I know a lot of people after university move home, move back in with their parents. And I think there is definitely kind of a stigma, an expectation that people have to move out straight away. And so we thought we'd give some advice on if you're not in the position to do that um or if you're dealing with that pressure and expectation just some advice about that so do you want to kick it off okay so I definitely feel like that pressure exists and I feel like it's also natural to feel like at a certain point you want to like fly the nest and be more independent and of course then if you've already experienced living out of home at university and then you have to move back that can also feel like you've sort of regressed essentially even though that's just kind of natural because student accommodation you've got a loan it's a lot easier to pay for than than having to find a job and figure out all that kind of stuff so first of all I would say just to remind yourself that you're the only timeline you need to be working towards is your own and your personal circumstances is not going to be the same as everyone else's and so everyone is moving on a different trajectory and I think it's far more important to focus on getting everything lined up so that you can then move into the place that you want to rather than rushing so whether that's a case of figuring out what sort of job you want finding that job where you want to live all that kind of stuff do you want to live completely on your own with a partner in a house share loads of different things to consider and I would say that it's more important to really figure out what it is that you want and try to hone into your own actual desires rather than being influenced by people around you Um, and I'd also say that like financially it's really difficult to move out because you know house prices are higher if you're looking to buy rent is also expensive and it is difficult to you know get a good job that pays you enough to live the kind of life that you want to live and afford it so I'd say don't put too much pressure on yourself because it is what it is and it'll happen when it's going to (laughs) happen yeah I definitely think that's good advice I think when it comes to moving out there's no right answer about the right time to move out for me it was a very obvious choice because um I loved living uh, near Yorkshire obviously went to university in Leeds that's how I met Kira. Mm-hmm. Cute. Love it. Um, and then I knew I wanted to live in York. And my family, I grew up near Liverpool. So 
I had to move if I wanted to live in that particular location. If I'd have moved back to Liverpool, absolute no-brainer, there's no way I'd be paying as much as I am on rent, I would be living with my parents and saving. So for me, it was just a matter of location, and if I wanted to live in York, I had to move out and I had to pay rent, but there's definite pros and cons, um, because now I look at some of my friends that live, still live at home, and they might be paying like no rent at all or reduced rent, and they are in a much better position to to buy like a house or to buy a property yeah. and let me tell you I'm in no position to do that probably because I keep spending <laughs> so much money on uh, headbands and earrings on Instagram um, <laughs> but also partly to do with the fact that I do pay quite a lot of rent and I think that's definitely something to consider there's pros and cons to both obviously yeah there is a certain independence to moving out but you can definitely still have independence whilst you're still living at home if you choose not to move out there's no right or wrong answer mm-hmm. for everyone and I think yeah it's really difficult to deal with pressure because I think there is so much pressure for everything when you leave university in practically every area of life you experience pressure whether that be from yourself from your parents from social media from comparison Mm -hmm. with friends and it's just important to remember that everybody does move at their own pace we say this all the time but it's because it's true (laughs) like we both have different living situations and Kira is definitely more on the road to buying a house than me but I love living in York and so that's the price literally I have to pay and I think yeah yeah everyone's on different paths and that's okay and yeah I think your paths can change as well like for example um Jay and I would now consider renting somewhere and then figuring out where it is that we want to live before actually putting down a huge amount of money into buying a house we maybe want to experience living in a few different locations before we actually take the plunge and buy somewhere I know this is kind of like going back several years but I know that my dad did move out and then move back home before then buying his own place and so like your current situation is not reflective of what your situation is going to be forever and if you do make a decision that you think isn't right for you there's nothing to stop you from going back and changing it or doing something a different way. So I'd say put less pressure on figuring out the exact right option and just figure out what feels right right now. Yeah, particularly at the moment. I mean, if this is obviously something that you're, a pressure that you're dealing with right now and we're in a pandemic, it's it's hard mm-hmm. to decide how to do anything because everything's so yeah. uncertain, so especially <laughs> now. Like, just go with the flow, go with what feels right. Comparison is everyone's worst enemy. Like I, the I saw, thief of joy. Yeah, the thief of joy. What a good quote. <laughs> I was trying to think of a quote I saw on Instagram, but I knew I had already forgotten it. So I'm glad that you swooped in there with a different quote. It's like you <laughs> knew I was gonna fail at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is the first question, and then the second question is, like we said, definitely linked and talking about a similar experience. And this one is figuring out how to set boundaries when living at home as an adult. And the person that left us this agony aunt question specifically said that they are 21, they're a university student, but they're living at home, and they feel like their parents still treat them like a teenager. So the biggest step towards this, I would say, now I feel like I've got a relatively good experience in this because I don't live at my home. Well, I do, I live here, so it's my home. Um, I don't live (laughs) with my parents in my childhood home, but I do live in Jay's family home with his parents. And so I definitely feel like it can be a tricky situation to navigate because you are living in someone else's house. It's their space, they own the property. You have to respect that. But equally, as an adult, you want to sort of feel like you are living independently and I think one of the most important things for that is taking ownership of as many things as you can so you know obviously 
Jay's parents will never be paying for any of my things anyway, but Jay pays for all of his own things like car insurance, fuel. We obviously do our own separate food shop. We've got different bits of the kitchen where all of our things go. Kind of like if you were living in a house share where you kind of like divide up different spaces. And it means that although you are sharing the space, um, you have as much independence as you can in the sense that you are paying your own way and living independently. And I feel like if you aren't doing that already, then taking ownership of that, paying for your own things, making your own food, all that kind of stuff will potentially change the way that your parents view you. Whereas if they're still doing the family food shop and cooking all of your meals and washing all your clothes and things like that, they're probably still going to view you in the same way as you were when you were a teenager. So yeah, I think that's really good advice. Um, When I kind of moved in lockdown number one I moved back in with my parents for I think it was about six or seven weeks um due to personal circumstance like I moved back in with them and it definitely was I think I lost some independence there because I wasn't doing things for myself because obviously it wasn't my normal routine and I was just living there and I didn't know how long for I had things cooked for me I had things bought for me I had things washed Mm -hmm. for me um and so I think I definitely saw a loss of independence there and that was why I decided to move back to York um, because I was losing that and I didn't know how to yeah I can definitely understand this struggle I because Mm -hmm. you've already talked about it on like that practical level I'm gonna attack this question attacks quite an aggressive (laughs) word not attack I'm going to tear this question apart yeah um, yeah well I thought you were gonna offer an alternative there but that one was worse I'm going to approach (laughs) this question from a different angle um and I'm gonna say do you remember like I think in every with your parents there's a watershed moment where you realize that they're adults with lives separate to you I think everyone has that moment yeah where you're like whoa my parents existed before me and they have thoughts and feelings that aren't related to me <laughs> everyone has that like move from like wait what <laughs> my mom doesn't just think about me all the time I don't I don't know what you're talking about here <laughs> but I think that vice versa sometimes a conversation or kind of a watershed moment needs to happen the other way around so I think yeah. it can be very easy for parents to just always think of their children as their children obviously because you know we are their children you are. um but <laughs> it can true. be difficult for them to grasp that that we are adults and that yeah we have the same like thoughts and feelings and like hopes and dreams as they did when they were our age and i think sometimes it can be difficult to make the movement into them thinking that way so i think sometimes a conversation is a good decision um to sit down with them and, and be like yes i'm living with you and i'm really happy to be living with you i'm thankful for everything you do for me but i am yeah outside of being your child like also an adult and I do have you know my own motivations I might not always do the things that you would have done but that's because we're different people and I'm Mm -hmm. entitled to those adult decisions and you know just a respectful conversation because I think that's a marker of becoming an adult is that you can communicate better and it's no longer like not always like screaming matches over them not letting you watch the tv when you're a disney channel when you were little like you can sit down and approach this kind of yeah i know (laughs) for me it was cartoon (laughs) network for a while what a throwback um sometimes it just takes an adult conversation about being an adult and being like yeah we're different people i'm gonna make different decisions to you but that's okay Mm -hmm. because we're all adults here i think sometimes that might help 100% and I think then you put it on the table and kind of offer your parents the opportunity to then say yeah okay well if we want to be treated more independently let's you know divvy up the responsibilities and kind of like put it on the table show willing to 
take part as an adult and not yeah. just be the child that's being looked after and I think that does definitely change things so yeah and not even helps. not on even like chores level it definitely does but also I think since I have conversations with I had conversations like that with my parents and ever since then I feel like my relationship them with them is so I love it like even more because I think we have more adult conversations where we listen to each yeah. other's points and more discussions and I just think it, it can be a really positive change in so many different aspects and communication yeah, is key absolutely. I feel like that is the most important thing as an adult in every area of life just communicate communicate <laughs> unsure why you repeated it like that but we'll roll with it <laughs> it's you know it's because it's the end of the episode and yeah here we go day. and it's when Kira lose the plot I've not had caffeine for a while I need a pick me up so I just start losing it but um hope that you found those agony ant answers helpful i feel like they were really interesting and it's things that people don't always want to well, our about, answers our <laughs> answers yeah our answers um, were really interesting no, the questions and the topics were really interesting but not as interesting as our answers Obviously. which were extremely interesting <laughs> um, but yeah i hope that you found them helpful um and that you enjoyed this episode like we said we'd love to hear your thoughts and that agony ant little um, anonymous question box is in the link of our instagram bio so you can find us over there at we're spinning plates and we'd love to hear from you so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week didn't intend on finishing your sentences but apparently we've reached <laughs> that point how cute <laughs> bye guys how nice bye <laughs>